This is Internet Marketing. Brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. This is Internet Marketing. Now, before we start, we have a request. If you are genuinely enjoying what we do here on the show, then please leave us a review on iTunes or your podcast app. It really helps us to grow the podcast and ensures that we bring you great marketing tips and advice each week. And today I'm joined by Sam Malukarjanon, Executive Strategist at HubSpot. And you're also an instructor at Harvard University, aren't you, Sam? I am, I am. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so Harvard has an interesting program with their um, their Division of Continuing Education where they pull some people from the uh, sort of the front lines of work and they have us do these concentrated courses. So instead of teaching undergrads or grads, um, it's generally VPs of marketing or directors of marketing at existing companies who will come and spend an entire week, 40 hours with me and uh, and they'll learn sort of the new, uh, the new frameworks, the new tactics, the latest from the field, and then they'll take that back to their company. So it's, it's a great program for people who are having a hard time keeping up with the changes in marketing and sales. And tell us a little bit about uh, what you do as an executive strategist at HubSpot. Sure. So so HubSpot is a growth stack company. So we build a software that helps you acquire and then close and retain, uh, retain customers to help you grow your business. As an executive strategist, a lot of what I do actually is the research, it's the teaching, it's the speaking, because HubSpot's greatest impediment to growth is not actually somebody who makes like a different software or a software with more features or a cheaper software. Uh, it's the fact that most people in the world are still pretty terrible at sales and marketing. Mm. It's 2017 and you know most a lot of us are still cold calling lists or buying lists of email addresses and spamming them and calling that email marketing. Uh, and the you know it doesn't matter how good our growth stack sales and marketing software is if you're not going to use it to follow the path of truth and justice, then uh, <laughs> then you're not going to need HubSpot. So, so that's my job at HubSpot primarily is to uh, to focus on on bringing that message to the rest of the world. Now, today I want to talk about a, a, a topic that we have touched on in recent shows, and it's it's a very interesting and sort of forward thinking topic: artificial intelligence. Sam, uh, let's have a chat about that. What's happening in AI right now? Sort of, because there's a few myths, isn't there? What is possible and what isn't possible? Yeah. So whenever I say artificial intelligence or AI, the listeners can't see it, but I'm doing some air quotes with my fingers. Yeah. Because what we have right now is not what most people think of, you know, the Howl or the the data from Star Trek or the Terminator, you know, movies uh, in terms of artificial intelligence where it can make its own decisions. But what's really, really interesting is that uh, just a few years ago, IBM Watson cracked the ability to understand what we call unstructured data. Yeah. So most everything else you use, and I won't get too too deep into the technical technicalities here, but everything else you use follows a series of if-then statements, and it works off of cells. It's very structured data. Computer programming is very structured. Yeah. Uh, but the world we live in is not structured. All the content we read, all the information that we have, the complex systems that we follow, it's not structured in a way that's easy for computers. Uh, And IBM Watson a few years back and then leading up to the technology today made it so that we can look at unstructured data, maybe read a book, and then we can answer questions based on it. Mm. So – or we can find patterns in things. So things where there's not necessarily a 
totally right and totally wrong answer that's either true or false. Uh, we're getting to the point where we can just get have be pretty confident in a computer spitting out an answer that it thinks is probably mostly right. Yeah. And that's actually really hard. That's a big uh, technological accomplishment. When I do my air quotes, I don't mean to diminish what these folks have done. But it's opened up a ton of new opportunities when you think about how much of our jobs is reading information, understanding what that information was about or, or recognizing patterns um, and then answering questions or making decisions based on it. Yeah. That's that's a lot of the work that we do, especially in sales and marketing. I'm just trying to – because it's a huge area, AI, and I'm just wondering in the field of marketing sort of how AI is being used right now to sort of better or improve the customer experience. Yeah. So one thing I always uh, reinforce when I'm teaching, especially at Harvard, is that marketers and sales professionals have what I call physics envy. Um, they want they, they, they think that the universe of, of human behavior should be this nice, predictable thing that they can understand and model. And if they just had all the information, they'd be able to predict it perfectly. Mm. That's not true. Right. So, you know, I could drop my pen a hundred times, a hundred times out of a hundred, it's going to fall and hit the ground. I could stand out in Harvard Square handing out a hundred uh, $1 bills. At least 20 people will tell me to like call me a chowderhead and like tell me to go away, mm. which is objectively irrational behavior. So what AI has allowed marketers to do, though, is scale the sort of human relationship that we need because it's not something that you can just program with a series of if then statements. Mm. That is the exact wrong way to do marketing, right? Where, and you see this a lot in the way people do email marketing. You know, if you abandon your cart, uh, you get an email a day for three weeks in a row yeah. telling you that like the next thing you have to do is finish buying. Yeah. Uh, when in reality, maybe it's just that you don't, you don't understand or you have more questions or you got confused or you didn't trust it, whatever. There's all these reasons. So what AI has given humanity the ability to do is take this human interaction that you and I have where we can have a conversation and understand each other and scale that. Yeah. Right. How do you scale that and do that 100,000 times a month or a million times a month and to the point where somebody can even just ask a website a question and it can understand what they asked and then it can read all of the information that it knows and it can just deliver an answer for them. Mm. So that's that's helping solve the immediacy problems, the confusion problems, the issues that people are having because uh, it's not the, – the issue is not that people don't have enough information anymore. Mm. That used to be the issue. The, inf the issue now is that people have too much information. Yeah. And if it was two humans, obviously, you know, if you go down to any store, any given sales rep can talk you through that process. But, you know, a sales rep can only do, I don't know, a couple deals a day, 10 deals a day, whatever. They need to be able to do tens of thousands of deals a day. And, and that's where we're starting to use AI. So it sounds like uh, your, 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 your mention there about being able to sort of answer questions based on sort of um – Trying to think of the right. There's a special scientific word you use, corpus. That's the one based on sort of yeah. corpuses or large large amounts of information. So, are we talking mainly about sort of like the customer inquiries and sort of helplines and things like that? So that's a lot of it, right? So you know, think about the number of questions anybody who's ever worked in customer support. Mm. The number of of let's be honest, stupid questions that we get yeah. where the answer is on the website uh, and the customer could just as easily have gone and clicked FAQ and then gone down and clicked it. 
they don't want to do that. They want a seamless, frictionless uh, experience that gives them an immediate answer to even complicated questions. Mm. And so there, there is absolutely that bit. But then there's also the bit of trying to understand what someone's what someone's concern or problem is, even if they can't quite articulate it. Yeah. Right. So if if they don't know, I was trying to buy a TV, you know, when I first moved to Boston and suddenly I found out that it had all these 3D features or it came with three uh, free 3D glasses. I, I didn't even know that like TVs had 3D at the time. Like that just wasn't a factor in my life. Yeah. Uh, and so that spit me out all the way back to the beginning of the process. I'm like, oh, man, like. I want to. I want the best TV available. So now I need to learn all this stuff about 3D. If you're using machine learning to look for behavioral patterns as well as the natural language processing to ask and answer questions, you can help guide somebody through that purchase process the same way that you help guide somebody through uh, asking a question about technical support and then delivering them an answer. Now you alluded in that answer to to, to sales because I'm interested in how it's being used in sales and marketing as well. If we split that sort of question up into the sales and the marketing let's just talk about the sales first um how else is ie being used to sort of buy sales teams if you like so sales has also fundamentally changed because of the availability of information so I, i'll make a brief confession have, have you ever been to a mall particularly in the u.s mm-hmm. and like a bunch of people harass you trying to sell you cell phones i've, I've been in a mall in the uk and that's happened <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my confession is I used to train those people ah. uh, and it was as stereotypical as you can imagine, right? Like always be closing, coffee is for closers, you know, that was the sort of sales culture that we built was just close people as quickly as possible mm. because I was the gatekeeper of information, right? If you wanted product information, if you wanted uh, testimonials, whatever, you had to come to me as the sales rep and you were going to get my best friend from college who was going to tell you how great my product was. That doesn't exist anymore. Customers now, like I I just bought a car from my mother-in-law and I almost felt bad for the guy Mm. because I knew more about the cars on his lot than he did. (laughs) I knew what he had paid for them. I knew what everybody within 150 miles had paid for them. You know, he tried to do the stereotypical sales process with me and you're just, you're going to fail. You're going to, you're going to, if you're relying on that power paradigm to close deals, you're going to fail. You're not going to hit quota. Mm. But instead, if you can help me make sense of all of the information in the world, if you can be the person to help me understand the corpus of knowledge and make better decisions, you can close me. Now, Sales reps have sometimes thousands or tens of thousands of leads that they're talking to at any given point. And so they need AI to do a couple of things. First, they need it to help them understand me, right? They need it to look at all my tweets and they need it to read all my questions. And, you know, if you're direct TV, you need to know I'm a fan of the Green Bay Packers, but I live in Florida, you know, and they're Packers aren't shown in Florida, so that's like my real reason for for having DirecTV. Yeah, it, you need it to help you understand the person that you're talking to and the behaviors. Uh, and then, frankly, you need it to help you help them make sense of their decision. It, anybody who's used like a voice assistant, like Siri or something, mm. knows that it's still like enragingly basic, <laughs> right? Like it, it's it, it, like it, it's okay. It's a lot better than it used to be. 
but you still need a human intermediary to uh, to take some of those answers and, and turn them into real into better answers for consumers. Mm. And that's the new way of, of sales, right? It's not closing, but it's helping people make a decision and yeah. being that intermediary between them and all the information in the world. Uh, that's how sales reps are using AI. Understand more about the prospect and then understand more about all of the solutions, all of the problems, all of the context and being that human intermediary. Uh, those are the people who are closing who are closing deals these days. Yeah. So I guess as we sort of move up the funnel, out of the funnel, as it were, into the marketing area, I'm guessing that the uses of AI there are quite different. Uh, they are quite different with the same underlying premise, right? So I, I I love this quote from Jeff Bezos, obviously the founder at Amazon. When he first added negative reviews to his website, uh, he got all these angry letters from his investors saying that, uh, you know, they, they said, we know you think this internet thing is going to be big and all, but you obviously don't know how to run a business because you make money when you sell things. Uh, to which Bezos replied, no, we don't make money when we sell things. We make money when we help people make a purchase decision. Yeah. Uh, and to this day, although they have a very hard job because they're trying to sell everything, that is what Amazon's experience, their marketing experience is also oriented around is helping you make a purchase decision. So, the, the power of AI in marketing is to help people who are even further up in the funnel, right? Anybody who's ever done any PPC bidding or SEO around keywords for people who are ready to buy, who know what they want, they know it's a bloodbath, right? It's really hard to get at those people. Yeah. What AI is helping us do is identify groups of people and create solutions and experiences at scale that help us, uh, that, that help us nurture people down that decision-making funnel and get them ready to talk to sales particularly around like website personalization, right? Like we expect the website or the mobile app or the text message system, whatever, we expect it to know us and understand us, even if we're only paying like $10 a month. We expect it to know us and understand us like it's our best friend. Yeah. Because Facebook and everybody else has, has spoiled us with their ability to do that. And if you can't deliver on that promise, you run the risk of losing to competitors um, who can deliver on that promise of, of really understanding people at scale and helping them make good decisions. Now I'm wondering, Sam, what's your experience with companies sort of sort of that want to embrace AI and they're sort of trying to bolt it onto their existing system, but their existing system is maybe slightly broken. Have you seen that happen very often? With almost any new tactic or technology, uh, people want to use it to solve their problems rather than addressing the underlying issues. Right. So, you know, I'm a big fan of cheese. I love cheese. But if you put cheese on garbage, it's now just cheese covered garbage. <laughs> yeah. Which is an improvement, but still not like something that I want to eat. <laughs> so most companies, when it comes to sales and marketing, are still dealing with the more fundamental issues that their companies are broken. Their sales and marketing teams don't talk to each other. Um, they don't even like each other in, in many cases. Marketing thinks that's or sales thinks that marketing is just a waste of time. Actual quote sales reps have said to me. Um, and marketers are very frustrated because they don't get any feedback from sales and sales doesn't follow up with the leads that they generate for them. And it's just a very frustrated relationship. Now, if you bolt onto that an AI system, the AI system is going to pick up on that disconnect and it's just going to amplify it. Mm. I'll use a controversial uh, example here. Where, you know, are you familiar with Microsoft's uh, chatbot Tay? 
Oh, I remember it was in the news oh, a month or two ago, wasn't it? Because it made some inappropriate yeah. comments. <laughs> yeah, so here's the thing about AI is it still doesn't have a personality. It doesn't have a soul, whatever you want to call it. It's still just running off of the information that's fed into it mm. by by the the people it's exposed to. And so Microsoft's Tay became like wildly racist uh, yes. because it was because Facebook tr- or Twitter trolls intentionally tried to do that to it and they were able to be successful. But that's indicative of this. Uh, you know, we look at AI and we, we, we want to see a silver bullet that solves all of our problems. But in reality, the issue is probably that the sales and marketing teams aren't talking to each other, right? Like the marketing team gets no feedback from sales on the quality of the leads that they generate on the types of conversations that sales has. And meanwhile, sales is just looking for leads that are ready to close right away Mm. because they're on a monthly quota or a quarterly quota or whatever. And that's all they care about is hitting quota. Um, And so they're not as concerned about working with the marketing team about building a pipeline. So this is my main pushback to companies who are thinking about implementing an AI system is that if the fundamentals of your business are broken, AI or machine learning or any of these things that you're going to bolt on top of it or marketing automation, even simple drip marketing automation, right? Like if you're doing marketing wrong, if you're irritating the crap out of people with your email marketing, uh, doing more of that more efficiently is not going to help you grow your business. Mm. What about if we sort of looking forward with artificial intelligence in the field of marketing, Sam? Do you have any concerns? I mean, what are the downsides of AI? AI maybe sort of cultural impact, etc. Yeah. So whenever I talk about AI, um, you know, people tend to be worried about sort of the Terminator, end of the world, uh, go back in time, kill Sarah Connor kind of AI. Yeah. yeah. I'm not overly concerned about that, uh, just because there's not. That's just not the direction we're going in. It's not the uh, the technology that's available, and there's not as great an economic incentive for us to work on that. Um, what I really am worried about is the occupational disruption in AI. The very interesting phenomenon that we're about to experience is that a lot of the really basic tasks that AI is uniquely suited for are the tasks that have formed the core of entry-level professions. Mm. So our product team and our customer success team at HubSpot both primarily feed from our support team, right? Like you'll you'll join a support team, you'll learn a lot about the product, you'll learn a lot about marketing, you'll learn a lot about interacting with customers, and then you'll either go over to design and improve the product on the product team, or you'll go over to the customer success team if you like that sort of people and strategy aspect better. Well, (laughs) as we talked earlier, you know, a huge amount of the questions that our support team gets is uh, the answer is in our documentation online. The customer just didn't go and seek it out. Yeah. And so if we let's we're not going to do this because we're aware of this problem. But let's say like HubSpot just decided to replace the majority of its support team with um, with something like IBM Watson or something that was just going to understand the question and then answer it. Hmm. Where do we build a where do we build a pipeline of customer success and product folks from? And it's, it's the same thing in marketing, right? You know, a lot of the, the entry-level jobs in marketing are, listen, take a look at a bunch of this data, read all of these case studies, whatever, like understand this stuff and then report back to me and help me make a good decision about it. That's what AI is designed to do. Mm. Same thing in sales, right? Like understanding who I should talk to when, who's ready to talk, what's the best lead that I can be talking to, what's the context. That's the job that a lot of BDRs and SDRs, the entry-level role for most sales organizations, a lot of that job is going to be more easily replaced by sales. 
And companies are inevitably going to be under this sort of cost and performance pressure to augment or replace those jobs as these AI systems get better. Um, and I think they're going to do it fine. And I think it's going to be a, a fine experience. But then I worry 10 years from now, uh, <laughs> where the heck am I going to get new marketers from, right? Where am I going to get new salespeople from? Because they can't just skip into being a senior account executive. Yeah. You know, I need for them to have gone through the process of talking to average everyday people and, and looking at records and, and understanding those fundamentals uh, before they can do some of that higher level work. Uh, so that's that's my real big, not Sarah Connor, Terminator, end of the world sort of stuff. My big concern really is uh, – you know what happens when when how do we build a pipeline of future professionals when we've yeah. got all the entry level jobs? Yeah, so uh, from what I understand, you've just said it sounds like uh, you, you, you're worried it will basically remove that kind of. I was gonna I was gonna use the word nursery, but that's probably not the best choice of words. Uh, it's but not sort of, the worst. <laughs> but the nursery slopes of sales and yeah. marketing will will be done by robots. Yeah, it's an interesting concept. So it's been quite conceptual a lot of what we've spoken about today. I mean, are there any sort of concrete tips you could give our audience today? So my, mo my most concrete tip is that for 99% of the people I talk to, AI and machine learning is not going to have, is not the, the solution that they need. I, I wrote an article a little while ago for thinkgrowth.org where I, where I write that, um, you know, I'm getting really irritated with a lot of the really terrible messenger bots that exist in the world, for example, right? Like the world does not need another mediocre marketing experience. Um, the cool thing about chat is it offers that immediate uh, interface, that immediate ability to get more information. Mm. And there is this there is this co-working space in Helena, Montana, uh, because my wife and I are driving all over the country. So we stopped at this co-working space. Yeah. And before I got there, they had Facebook Messenger. And you know, I'm chatting with the with their messenger and it's able to understand my complicated questions and answer my weird questions about having a quiet room for a podcast, stuff like that. Yeah. Because it's a real human being. Yes. Right? Like everybody wants to skip the should I do this part? Do my customers want this part? And like are the underlying fundamentals good part? Um, and they just want to like bolt on the cool new things so that they can say that they're at the cutting edge of AI and look cool to their CEO or, or the CEO can look cool to their board. Mm. You know, that's, that's like taking, that's like taking whey protein, you know, before you're actually starting to exercise, right? Like you're trying to like bulk up body mass, but you're not even jogging yet. Right. Or sitting on the sofa. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like you've got to execute on those fundamentals, model the funnel. One thirty-three percent, or actually a little bit less than that, but about one third of marketers don't measure the ROI of their marketing in any way. Mm. Still, based on our survey from last year, there's so much broken in the in the fundamentals of how we handle customer acquisition and customer retention that you know skipping ahead to AI uh, for most people is going to be a, a costly enterprise that they're not going to uh, to be very satisfied with. So my my advice is learn a lot from the sort of lean startup methodology. Do the human thing first, even if you can't do it at scale, and then figure out how to scale that if you want to bolt on machine learning or, or a quote-unquote AI system. Well, Sam, thanks so much for joining us today. It's been a fascinating conversation. Um, how can our listeners find out more about you, more about HubSpot? Uh, well, if you can spell my name, you can find me at malakarjanon.com or at malakarjanon on Twitter. Um, <laughs> or if you Google anything close to my name, you'll generally find me. But if you want to learn more about this, go to research.hubspot.com. 
Um, we've published a bunch of research recently on the impact of AI, uh, specifically when it comes to sales, marketing, and customer success. Um, so you can dig into some of sort of the the specific numbers and, and industries and see what's going to be most applicable to you. I'm actually going to spell your name out for our listeners. Correct me if I make a mistake at any point, Sam. It's M-A-L-L-I-K-A-R-J-U-N-A-N. Is that right? That's perfect. Fantastic. Well, thanks, Sam, and thanks to our listeners for listening. These show notes are in the usual place. Sitevisibility.com slash podcast. Um, if you're enjoying the show, please leave a review, as I mentioned at the beginning. Um, if you want to send questions or suggestions, there is a email, podcast at sitevisibility.com. You can tweet us at sitevisibility. If you want to connect with me personally, I'm Dr. Pod, D-O-C-T-O-R-P-O-D, on LinkedIn and Twitter. And don't forget, we have a site visibility group on LinkedIn as well. And I think that's everything. So thanks for listening again. Goodbye from me, Andy. It's goodbye from Sam. Thanks for having me, guys. It's been a great time. And we'll see you next time on Internet Marketing.